And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we are going to discuss Kevin Durant's wow. debut wow. as a Brooklyn Niet. So exciting. And um, I have a bit that I'm mm. going to do of how I will... Basically, it's bad puns, first impressions of the Nets. Not bad. Under Steve Nash. And then we'll just mention a little bit about Kyrie Irving kind of calling the media pawns, but not real. I mean, apparently the whole thing. We're going to talk about it all. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Irsalo, Hello, Brian. Flat. Disgusting. Go Check on. us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Uh, there's a deal being had right now involving The Athletic. I think it is still active, and if it's not, I will remove this from the pod. But you can get two-for-one subscriptions, okay? Ooh. Here's the deal. You, you buy one, you give one. Or mm. you buy one for someone else, and you get one yourself for oh. free. You know what I'm saying? Double down. Buy one, get one. Buy one, get one. B-O-G-O. Nice. Um, so go to theathletic.com slash cool guys. Brian? I can't believe I didn't do this. The Nets are back. I know. It's truly, it's truly happened. Actually, it'll happen again, but it's really happened. How did it feel? Did you watch? You watched. I, I watched. It felt. I watched close. It felt amazing. It felt yeah. like. Did a close it, preseason watch there, Mike. Well, it didn't feel real still. It's because there was no fans. It felt, it just yes. felt like what was happening? Like wh- what alternate reality have we jumped into? Which portal mm-hmm. that Dr. Strange has opened up to us in the Nets multiverse Yeah, that, and that where we ended up, that Tobey Maguire is our Spider-Man and Kevin Durant is a Brooklyn and that, I don't know, Brian, mm. but it was a beautiful thing. Can I put this bug into your ear and the ears of the people at Barclays or on Yes who are in charge of making this thing happen? So I watched a professional wrestling YouTube video from 2019. Uh, Shout out OSW Review. They do a great vodcast where they review old wrestling things, events. Um, And in that, there was a moment where they talked about there was an augmented reality uh, thing. So like when a wrestler comes into the ring part of the overlay is like an augmented reality. There's like a giant moon or something floating around in the arena on the broadcast. I would like to incorporate some augmented, some AR into the experience. Because, <laughs> you know, it's great to watch Kevin Durant streaking for a dunk. But when they cut to those alternative angles and you see just the, you know, endless miles, the ocean of, of dark, empty seats, I feel like there's an opportunity that not, – not to fill it with like AR fans. Like I'm talking about something super – just visually stupid. Like I want a bunch of whatever Grim Reapers that for the stupid. I don't know. That's bad. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Well, are, are are we saying we're we're filling the seats with some symbol, or is the whole backdrop suddenly like a winter wonderland? You know what I mean? Is it? Here's are, what I am are like. We shot into Candyland here. I am. I am a idea rocket launcher. Okay, I've got a hammer, not a chisel. Okay, so I don't do details. I just put the I put the bug in the ear. Okay, that's all I do. Um, but anyways, just get get the wheels turning out there, Nets Nation. You know, get the Twitter fired up. Let's let's do this. Goddamn, Kevin Durant. So yes. just in all honesty, I don't bet. I don't. I, even though I think one of our sponsors is DraftKings. In fact, I know it is. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't really bet, but I did lay down some cash on Whoa, Kevin Durant for stop. MVP. Really? I legit did. Shut because, up. I mean, I can go into my whole Kevin Durant is no, going to win the MVP bit. That's a great – I think – did we did we do this on air? Because it's a great bit. I mean, it's – We did it lightly, yeah, but here's yeah. like the heart of it, okay? Yeah. Uh, MVPs are built on two things, production and narratives. And if you look at the MVP odds, 
Luca's number one for a reason. Luca, because he has yet to win the MVP, he's an ascendant player, he's a stat stuffer, he's next on that James Harden Giannis trajectory where he's the entire offense. I don't think it could be James. I don't think James Harden James Harden's like the number two odds. Cannot be him. Giannis is number three or over two. I think we're all bored of Giannis, right? What yep. can Giannis do in the regular season that's going to warrant nope. MVP? Even if he, like, remember, Jordan didn't win it every year. I think it's I think it's Luka, or if Kevin Durant, having watched him for how many minutes? 25? 20, 24 there. He's in the box score. Um, having watched him for 24 minutes, he looks back, and mm-hmm. I think the story of Kevin Durant Probably playing like 27 points per game, six assists, seven rebounds for a for the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think that's going to be a persuasive argument for voters come mm. MVP time. So my prediction is Kevin Durant will win MVP, and it's good odds. It's yeah. a solid meme. It's a small. Would you put down? Go ahead, air it out. One hundred dollars. Wow! A big a big hundo. Watch out now! S- slapping Franklin all over the <laughs> you're floor. Cr- you're crazy, man. What were your what were your big brain thoughts of Kevin Durant? How excited were you when he made I, that move? I have small brain play. thoughts about this entire game. I have lizard brain thoughts. <laughs> it was just it was a it's a feelings argument that I have for for this whole Dump thing. Dump them out to me, man. I'm yeah. here for you. Um so I haven't um I, I'm always I kind of go back to that that's this is a thing that we've often invoked on the show but the moment after we'd had a whole summer worth of talking about D'Angelo Russell versus Kyrie Irving and then just watching Kyrie Irving come and drop 50 the first night live and within the first first five nanoseconds of the first possession we were like oh that was a bad argument that was that should not have been <laughs> <laughs> happening on any level uh, because it is just so self-evident how ascendant he is um that is also true of Kevin Durant. Like I just began to really piece together just how uh, powerful, how potent this offense could be here. Like it could be like a a real meme. Um, and so, not just to say that like those two guys are uh, gravity sucking um, offensive nexuses, uh, but like having the ball fart out to a Joe Harris or Spencer Dinwiddie on a broken play as your third and fourth options uh, is like. It's a it's an embarrassment of riches, you know, offensively speaking. Um, and people, I've, I was listening around to like the world of the NBA, or whatever. And and again, I, I will push back on this meme that like the Nets are just going to be horrific at defense. I I will until proven wrong, which could happen incredibly quickly. Uh, I don't see this as like a bunch of guys who are like particularly ill-equipped to to play defense. Uh, so anyways, but that's neither here nor there. The, re- the real question is, does Kevin Durant make me a happy, happy little boy, man, watching, watching basketball? It sure, <laughs> it sure does. It, it didn't, um, it, it fell right into place. It looked incredibly natural. Um, I think that whole like conversation that happened over the summer about like left leg versus right leg, um, injuries on the Achilles. Like I was keeping that in mind the entire time. Obviously he's anytime like, uh, like somebody breathes on him, I want to jump through the screen and, and attack that person. Like like any <laughs> any Rui Hakamura roughness, I'm like get 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 back to Tokyo, Rui. Enough of this. Um, wherever you're from, Osaka. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, so that's still like hovering in the back of my mind. Gonna need a few more rips before that. But uh, having him just sort of like streak to the rim, jumping effortlessly off the left foot, which is the foot that he did not or the leg that he did not injure. Um. I have a lot of confidence in, in all of that, those mechanics and all that seemed very good. So anyways, that's a whole long-winded way of saying I'm I'm pretty pleased with what I saw. You're, you're excited. Yeah. I mean, you basically got what's, what was exciting about the game was you got to see everything that you would want to see out of Kevin Durant. So the first bucket, I mean, it was miraculous. It was spectacular. It was uh, one of the greatest basketball moves I've ever seen mm-hmm. in history, man. Mm-hmm. No, it was Kevin Durant gets the ball in the three-point line, a defender coming out at him, Durant makes a quick move laterally, drives to the hoop, and dunks in traffic, right? Like, what else at that point? You know, it was a meme of mine over this past year. Whenever we would get video of Kevin Durant biking or, you know, walking outside, I would say, you know you need an Achilles to bike? Mm. Well, we you know you need an Achilles to make a lateral movement and dunk the basketball in traffic. There it is. Um, and not only was it offense, like he, 
you forget of how like just a beautiful player he is. Like you forget mm. that he is silky smooth and when he hits a shot, it's just as like perfect and it looks unlike anyone else because no one is that height that can shoot that way and, and from that variety of angles. You know, Dirk was his predecessor in that sense. But it was the defense. Like when you talk about the defense, about the team, mm-hmm. Durant, I think he had like two blocks in this game. Um, he was Ding up dudes. Durant before the game in a couple of media sessions was talking about how Nash is going to play him at the mm-hmm. five, which thank you. You're welcome, Steve Nash, for that idea <laughs> that came from you're us. The only, you're the only guy that was saying it, Mike. That's truly, that's you're all welcome. you. Yeah. You're welcome, Steve Nash. Um, but it was everything. He, he handled the ball. He received the ball off the catch and drove to the basket. He dished it. He blocked shots. He deed up Rui Hachimura. Can, and can we also... Ab- Abdiha. <laughs> Denis. Denis. Hey. Denis. Very good job. Yeah. Denis looks good. Denis looks good. Get kind of a uh, international squad out there. Your Mo Wagners, your Denis, your, your uh, Raul Nettos. It, it's kind of shameless uh, yeah. by the Wizards because DC is a very international city. True. Like New York. There's True. Li- you know... There's embassies here. There's literal, like, you know, wow. pockets of people from okay, all over the okay. world. Well, flexing a little. Okay. <laughs> cool. And and I'm a little dubious. So I grew up a Wizards fan, as everyone probably knows. Uh, I feel like it's targeted. They're mm. just like, what markets can we... Because, like, there's only one good Israeli. And yeah. there's only one good Japanese basketball player. And they have acquired both of those people. You know? And yeah. who? what is the next country that they could take... Well, China, China. If you get the want the next good Chinese basketball player, you're they dominating. Got, they got dibs. They got dibs. Um, God, it was dope. Brian. Can we also it talk about cool. Kyrie Irving playing a little defense too? I mean, he had like stupid little like he, like he was not giving up on any play. I'm saying like I all, he's been dra- <laughs> he's been having a week. He's been having a month, and uh, we can maybe touch on some on some pawns and prawns. And anyways, we we don't actually have to. I don't need to. But uh, I will say that like. I was a little bit stressed out by how hard he was going on foregone fast <laughs> breaks and things like that, trying to swat swat things out of the air. Um, so, anyways, I like the idea that Kyrie Irving is is not motivated to seem at least at least he knows what to do on first night, which is do the PR thing of playing super hard defense uh, in a preseason game um, to just you know to get that to plant start beginning to plant that uh, PR seed, Mike. Whether or not he continues it all season, we shall see. Plus minus is silly at times, but uh, I'm going to use it here. Uh, You know what's interesting is that the Nets starting lineups plus minus wasn't that good. Actually, the the Wizards plus minus was better for their starting lineup against the Nets. Now, obviously, they they didn't play against each other, but um, it it was evident that when Kyrie and KD are on the floor together, it's no matter who else is around them, it's just a devastating offensive force. You know who didn't have a good night though? Who? Moneybags Joe. And, no. No. and, and, and so I'm not even, this isn't like, are we worried about Joe? That's not this segment. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do, I, I think what I'm going to take, make it a positive in that the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving look so good that they forgot that Joe Harris is like a mm. weapon to be used. Right. It, yeah. I think they were both of the mindset that like, you know, we're going to try to work and get our buckets right now. I mean, Durant literally, I think, needed that psychologically to be on a, an actual basketball court and do that. Uh, but know, Joe like wasn't a factor. No, in the, that those lineups. You know, a moment I liked in the broadcast was uh, when Sarah Kustog. Kustak sandbagged Ryan Rucco on his joke about uh, – <laughs> so uh, apparently the story is uh, Joe Harris botched a dunk in practice and DeAndre Jordan famously now called out, uh, is all that money holding you down, Joe? Uh, and, and Sarah, after hearing that, was like, so that was the third time I've heard that. <laughs> so something to that effect, which is like that's just the one joke that's going around camp, I guess. Um which is funny, but so yeah, so Joe Harris got paid, and now he's um, a a complete drag on on our cap sheet. <laughs> he's <laughs> and, the next Torian yeah. Prince. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Torian Prince, a lot of these guys, um, 
I feel like are going to really benefit from this. I mean, the Landry Shamble, let me just say, I he was way more athletic than I than I initially thought of him. I thought of him as sort of like a uh, feminine hipped bro, like, you know, one of those guys. <laughs> he is not he is you not know, that way. You know, I think like biologically, like feminine hips should be lar- larger, Brian, you know, if you think about it, right? That's what, Childbearing that's, hips? What, that's what I'm saying. I thought he oh, had this. That's a positive. And he, and he doesn't. I mean, I, oh. it can be a positive. It's it's a different archetype, different build. It's the <laughs> it's the Sergey the Karasev build is what I'm sort of the Karasev build is the Karasev. The cla- <laughs> it's a scouting term for anyone that looks yeah. exactly like Sergey Karasev, <laughs> yeah. and you know that he is not a shot yeah. to no. ever be an athlete. It's a a a diet that's rich in trans fats and and cigarettes so that that kind of diet uh which which landry shaman smoking to have... those trans fat cigarettes actually <laughs> yeah. he he combined yeah. them just butter flavored hookah um <laughs> but, oh God. but but landry shamit is a like super mobile and actually had a little bit more ball handling than i thought he was like trying to make shit happen on fast breaks which i didn't think he had in him um so I got my eye on True Boy um, as a as a little steal at flipping a nineteenth pick. Well, th- this leads perfectly into uh, my next segment. Let's take a quick break and then we'll dive right into it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So we were just talking about Landry Shamit here. And this leads into my, uh, what I'm calling bad puns, good reactions. Okay. Bad puns, good reactions. Uh, first up, Sham Wow. Landry Shamit. Nice. As you were saying, I mean, movement all around the court. You know, he's so Doc Rivers is known to love this kind of player. Like JJ Redick, he had it and he had it in, you know, JJ Redick with the Clippers and he has it, had it with Landry Shamit with the Clippers for that one year. Shamit's just moving all over the floor, creating a little bit of havoc. Uh, not that he had like an amazing shooting night. But you could tell immediately that he's going to fit around Durant and Irving, right? Like he's going to he's going to be the comet mm-hmm. around those two, the twin sons that is the Tatooine skyline of True. the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and you're right; I, there was like ball handling in there. There was there was more than just like stand in the corner and shoot threes, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't Anthony Morrow. It was no Sham Wow. Yes, it was a Sham Wow moment. Nice. Nicely done. Um, I'll go to my next one and then you can, you can kind of hop in to it. Uh, it, I must be in Kevin. It's my, I must be in heaven. That's a pun. That's um, good. That's good work. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I told you about MVP. I think, you know, there's a good shot. If I would replace money, which I did on MVP, I would, I would bet it on him again. I think the best piece is the defense though. I think if, you know, Durant is like his offensive game. Everyone has said this. It, he doesn't need explosive athleticism to still be a threat, but defensively, that the fact that he was, you know, all over the floor at times, absolutely loved it. Um, who stood out to you? So we did Durant. You did Kyrie. We had Sham Wow. Anyone else that felt like bubbled for you? I mean, people are loving Reggie Perry on Twitter. Yeah, Reggie, I noticed Reggie that. Perry's we, getting like a lot of <laughs> the Reggie Perry push. It feels like um, not to keep talking about wrestling. I have been in a wrestling K hole recently, though. Um, but like when when the company kind of like just comes over the top and and like pushes a new guy uh, <laughs> as like and like uh, it's sort of like what this is oh this is the guy we're gonna do this is the guy who we're doing a big push for okay um, so yeah the the Reggie Perry thing is interesting. Um, I did want to talk qu- quickly about Kevin Durant's defense, which I found interesting too, which was, I didn't realize how like, um, 
sort of handsy it was. He's got really great timing with like intercepting people who are trying to like pull the ball into their like crossover move and things like that. He's just super skilled with like the timing of his hands. It's real. And they're big, big old mitts. It gets right in your way. <laughs> it's like and really interesting to watch how like Rui Hagmore was like, you know, pretty like pretty much stymied by a lot of that, except for a couple of, he got some nasty points here and there, but are you um, worried that the score, like (laughs) I've seen some people get worried that the Nets didn't win by more against uh, a Wizards team that didn't have Beal or Westbrook. Like how should we feel about the score of the game? I, I am always amazed at how fast people like how that cognitive bias, like just turns on and off. Like the, the, like it's just a preseason game setting is only up and until you know, if you start winning by 20 points, then it's like, okay, the, now the game becomes about we have to win this preseason game. And, um, you know, that's not real. That's not a real thing that's happening in the world. None of the, none of the outcome matters. We're trying things out. It's a big, it's a big, it's a fun little experiment, a taste of what you, of what you want to see. Um, and none of the outcomes truly matter. I mean, the, the outcomes matter in only like isolated incidents. Does this half court set look functional? Does it not? Everything that I saw from that, like you can't look at this game and think like we're not going to have a really I, – I looked at this game as like the one big piece of evidence is that I think we're not going to lose to bad teams very often at all. That's sort of like where – where <laughs> which is like one of the main data points you need for a, a super competitive team. You don't lose to bad teams. Yeah, and I think like and not, so, and not sorry, and just to put one last final point on that, not in that like we actually came out of the preseason game here with a win. That that's not relevant to me. It's just the the function of playing that kind of half court basketball was was so dominant when it needed to be that for me I can extend that into the future and say like that's gonna work for us. I don't like to predict win totals just because I have no sense of what they should be. <laughs> like I don't have the I just don't like look at a team and think like that is a 54 win team. Right. Like that's just not part of my brain. I think headlines, <clears throat> think big picture, you know me. And I do think like post 73 win uh, Warriors that that matters less to people. I mean, people have like started to really figure out load management and getting into the playoffs and not caring so much about that. But let's say they don't make a trade and this is the roster that they have. So I I think what if when you look at wins like the difference between the past few years to this year, beyond like the, just the, the glaring top line talent of Kevin Durant, is the fact that there were games in the past few seasons when the Nets were good that they would lose to like a bad team or it would be extremely like they would lose to bad Grizzlies, right? They would have those games. And I think those games are basically going to be eliminated. They're still going to lose to bad teams, but for the most part, I think the talent will be so overwhelming that it's just not going to matter and the other increment to bump up for the nets is the fact that end of games now you know before i mean spencer dinwiddie has been maligned on twitter for his end of game shots um and and actually if you looked at the statistics statistics it's not as bad as you maybe think it is and we extrapolate it as um now they're gonna have Kyrie and kd taking those end of game shots and it's gonna become if it's a tight game it's gonna be continue to be extremely hard for another team to defend the Brooklyn Nets at the end of games when before it was like put it four guys in the corner and let Dinwiddie cook yeah and and while Dinwiddie is certainly you know a uh, a, a fine dining I don't want to say a chef but he's the guy who handles the vegetables in a fine dining restaurant mm. he's not you know he's not David Chang He's not. He, he he's he, like he juliennes the carrots. Is that what you're saying? Juliennes the carrots. Yeah. He 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 peels the skin off zucchini because in this restaurant they don't want the skin on their zucchini. It's they nice like restaurant. they like a naked zucchini. Yeah. Uh, and they and they kind of mix it in with a sauce and it, it really kind of melts in. It's very nice. Cucumber skins are for the plebes, Mike. We all know that for for the pawns. <laughs> yes, for the pawns. Sorry. Yes. Um. But and I do we do I do want to talk about that for a moment, but we, we don't do it now. Um, I think you, you brought something with Torian Prince earlier. Um, so Zach Lowe, I believe in his column of like guys who are going to have a bounce back year. Zach mentioned Torian Prince as being one of those players. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously, I, I have been very down on Mr. Prince. Um, but I think if as long as he 
knows that all he has to do is just is to stand in the corner and shoot threes and then rebound. Like if he does those two things, he's going to be doing just great. And he had a good game, 11 points, three for four from three. He shot his, he had his worst season last year from three and he usually shoots around 40%. I think he's going to do that, if not better this year. Mm -hmm. And if he's that, then then like you look at your bench shooters and to have Torian Prince coming off the bench and then like Bruce Brown's coming in there. Landry Shamit's a bench player on this team. Very few teams have like starters who are that good at shooting and the Nets are going to have that in their bench. There was a moment when it was probably third quarter, right? When everything was going badly. And uh, there was like a kind of a funky two man game between Joe Harris and Torian Prince that like eventually got bobbled and, and like farted out of bounds. And I, uh, I was like, you know what? Like that, that was a, such a perfect microcosm of like what we get to not see very much this season. Like that's a preseason thing that like it'll happen once or twice. But that used to be like truly those guys were getting 30 minutes a game. I mean, like Joe Harris will continue to do that. But like and and needing to play off each other in a way that they just will not need to. It was like a vestige of last year that we could just pull them aside and be like, hey, guys, no two man game in the corner. You two. That's it. <laughs> you don't get, you don't have to do that anymore. We have so much more going for us that. That wasn't good for us last year, and you you um, you can relieve yourself. You're relieved of that. Well, and we, I don't think we've touched on him yet. And here's my next uh, bad pun. Good reactions. The Nets lineup needs some TLC. Um, oh yeah, Timothy Luwalu Cabarro is a player, he's, dude. He's got a real like. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. You well, you're gonna say what I what yeah, I, well, I want to be told. Yeah, which oh, is, yeah. I feel like he's been a forgotten man. This mm. off season, not that like we should, <clears throat> not every day we should be waking up thinking about Timote Luello Cabarro. Though I do, mm. I, I understand not everyone else. You start the day every so day. The day. Loved his mustache, by the way. I did like Perfect. that. Very that French. Deserves really t- to be yeah. on his face. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he's not a miraculous game. You know, eleven points, three for five from the field, four for five from the line, but. He just like brings like a level of competency from a wing position where it's tough to find a lot of guys like him and he's super cheap and I can see like this is way extrapolating, but there's a possibility that he carves out potential closing lineup time in various games just because he's a bit taller, he can shoot and he doesn't do anything else on the floor to distract mm-hmm. from the the main event that is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like yeah. he doesn't require anything but to stand in the corner. And then when he gets the ball, he's going to put it up. And, well, and that's a skill. Even more, <clears throat> I would say like he's uh, getting better at hitting like difficult and or contested shots, which is not something that he was able to do when we first sort of <laughs> started to see him. But now he's like, he's got enough reps in where if that, if that defender is closing out on him on the corner, they have to be closing out real hard. Uh, like block hard um, in order to to disrupt it because that, that thing feels like it's going in. And and it's not like, again, I'm not like going crazy. I don't want to go crazy with Timothy Luwalo Cabarro. I just think that in your closing lineups, you're always going to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You're, I don't think you're going to have a center. I think Joe Harris will always be out there because you want a premier shooter. And so you have two spots to play with. It could be Dinwiddie. It probably will be Levert. Um, but Cabarro is like just a wing not that he's a great defender, but he's a wing who has athleticism and he has the ability to just sort of sit in a role and not ex- try to expand out of it. We're like Torian Prince is a little too wild child for me. Sure. I mean, I think like the the whole the macro philosophy of the team began to make itself known after watching like Jeff Green and Reggie Perry uh, play like center minutes, like some some bruiser brother uh center minutes and Jeff Green like canned up straight on three and Reggie Perry's first uh, points were a kind of clanked home uh, top of the elbow jumper. Um, and it became clear to me that Sean Marks is just like, I want shooters at literally every position as often as I possibly can, <laughs> um, which jives with, you know, modern conceptions of basketball. Again, what, what that means for DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen's experience is going to be that for me is like one of the main question marks is like are these guys you you pointed out on the show and in a, a super influential tweet um that really set the world on fire which was <laughs> like with all this jeff green small ball five talk and to a lesser extent jerry uh, reggie perry um you know where where does that put uh DeAndre jordan jared allen and 
to that point, I, you know, I, I mean, that, that will, that still is to me the only like political rejiggering we're going to need to, to focus on throughout the season. Um, DeAndre Jordan looked like he came in a bit heavy this season. I'll say that. <laughs> I just, I don't want to be the guy that's being judgmental and body shaming. That's not, you know, <clears throat> that's not, we're not toxic masculine on the show. We'll say he looked like he came in a little overweight. Yeah. And, yeah, we, we did get at least one, if not two, Dinwiddie to DeAndre Jordan terrible mm. alley oop situation where they, they really can just stop that. Like what what is <laughs> just what is, stop. If, he hasn't he's not he doesn't have the lift like he used to. It's the it's not the timing, it's the lift. That's it the, feels cruel at this point. It does. It feels like he's like <laughs> that's I don't know what it is. It's like he uh, just exposing what, his weaknesses over yeah. like remember when you used to be able to get that? You fucking <laughs> You old man, you decrepit, old, overpaid man. Yeah. Here, catch yeah. this alley-oop, you bum. I know. It's no. like, we're like, yeah, the timing is off. It's like, it's not the timing. It's not Spencer Dinwiddie's fault. It's Well, I mean, it's his fault for watching 2011 DeAndre Jordan clips <laughs> and thinking that that's still relevant. My favorite part about it is always Dinwiddie's body language as he's making the pass is like it's it's like nonchalant and it's sort of almost like it's always almost a no look because he he in his mind I think visualizes DeAndre Jordan throwing down a monster slam mm-hmm. and so his body language is like this is dope what I'm about to do here yeah. and every time DeAndre like flails into the air <laughs> his hair goes all over the place and he's nowhere close to the ball no. and it's no. it's sad don't yeah. do it to deandre I he's, aren't he's probably near like misses. 30 he's, years old but don't do it to him anymore this isn't close they're not happening um he's 32 by the way he's yeah. he's our age so well he's my age uh, what year were you born i'm, I'm 33 now yeah oh, all, you, all you babies yeah, that's what i thought yeah. um but to go back to the center thing so like jared allen did not have a good game but that's fine like i'm not stressed about it deandre had like a completely fine game but you know we talk about it and uh we you and i all off season were wondering how steve nash was going to answer the is deandre jordan or jared allen starting and he chose deandre jordan at least in preseason game one Mm -hmm. now you said something that i think could happen into the future which is like Nash telling Jared Allen like hey why don't you play your ass off and earn this position and make it like without a shadow of a doubt that you're the starter so that I can go to Kevin and Kyrie and say listen like I know you guys love DeAndre but Jared Allen is playing so much better I think that is a possibility Mm -hmm. but if the Nets are going small ball at times with Jeff Green at the five or Reggie Perry Reggie Perry just being a monster off the bench apparently could be um Probably. Or just Kevin Durant, you know, mm-hmm. a good player, pretty good player. It's going to make it a kind of an awkward situation for your center rotation for two guys that definitely believe that they should be getting more minutes than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do one final bad pun. Good reaction. Deep bent. Oh, excuse me. Deep bench. I screwed up. Deep net. Uh, this means uh, the, the nets have a deep bench. They are they are a deep net. The net is it's a deep net. Jeez, oh, yeah. Sorry. Good. No, um, that's good work. I enjoyed it. Just just think for a second, Brian. Okay. The Nets <clears throat> starting lineup in this game: Kyrie, Spencer, Joe Harris, KD, and DeAndre Jordan. Their mm-hmm. bench: Jeff Green, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, TLC, and Shamit. Lavert was injured, and Bruce Brown didn't play, which was curious. Mm. Um, we did go fourteen deep. It's pretty deep. And it's too deep. Yeah. It's actually a problem. Like, you can't have that many guys who probably think they should be playing minutes. Like, that doesn't work in basketball. You Just because, like, it's great to have Bruce Brown as a reserve role, like, it's not going to be good for Bruce Brown's life if he's not playing basketball at all. Mm-hmm. And it's going to become a sort of a nagging thing that could be happening. Not, I'm not saying Bruce Brown specifically. I'm just saying overall players on this team. But... Damn, Nets are deep. It looks like they're so deep that they could make a trade maybe at some point. I don't know. Could be. Have um, you heard about that? I have heard some musings. Um, one of the thing, one of the things too that sort of jumped off the page was Rody getting the the true dregs of the preseason game. Um, 
And just thinking about like he started in playoff games two years ago. Like he's <laughs> literally starting in playoff games and looking good and and seemingly like being part of. And now we just hear about Reggie Evans or Reggie Reggie Evans. I'm going to do that so. Oh much. no! I, I put that <laughs> I put that hex on you. Um, oh god! I, that's and you know what's the problem is like I can already tell he's sort of a Reggie Evans kind of like it'll be easy to be like why are we playing Reggie Perry so many? He's like the fifty millionth <laughs> pick or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to put that voodoo out there. That can't happen. Um, what was I saying? I was talking Reggie about... Reggie Perry. How? <laughs> I was talking about Rody. Rody, yeah. yeah. Um, and anyways, not to like, you know, bury the dude any further, but like uh, we maybe owe it to him to get him some other place to play as part of that. Just because like he had such potential. I think his value still is like, I don't know. I don't know what value there is out there for Rody. I mean, I, I think that people would... I think there's something there just because like he, he was uh, a big question mark, but it's, it's low and he's just not going to get any minutes this season. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I feel bad. I just want to, I want what's best for Rodians. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like before you and I advocated for his, like to, for him to get more minutes because he brought a certain dynam dynamicism. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Dyna- dynastic quality? No, not mm. dynastic quality. But he brought something. He brought some energy to the floor that dinosaur it, energy. I think. It was yeah, you. dinosaur yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, but this team doesn't really need that. No. The chaos. No, we don't need X factors. Are not invited. <laughs> I don't need you. That's the thing. I don't need X factors. We, we want stability. Executors. Yeah. We want the mustachio Timothy Luwalo <laughs> Cabarro, who is going to provide. That's also. I mean. I really shouldn't talk about Tyler Johnson anymore. I'm, I guess I'm just wrong and everyone else loves him and he should be on this team forever. I, I also, I'd rather have Chris Chioza than Tyler Johnson getting any of my minutes, but I understand Chioza's not quite tall enough to, to Chioza, defend Chioza's as much great. as I don't, I have nothing but good things to say about Chioza, although people will continue to dog him a little. There's, it seems like you're in one of two camps. There is a divide going on. There's the Tyler Johnson camp and the, I will say though, I've, I've enjoyed Tyler Johnson's, uh, sort of riffraff look. Do you know who riffraff is? Sort of yeah. YouTube rapper. <laughs> He's kind of kind of came out looking like riffraff. It's funny that you are referencing riffraff. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Uh, I feel like riffraff's time has come and gone. You know what is else? Riffraff still he still re- rebranded rapper? as Jody High Roller. Um, which is a good, another good name. He's got a bunch of good names. He's got, he's got a good taste. He's like a curator. He's got great taste. Like, like Jody Foster. <laughs> yeah. Like Jody Highroller. But he's, but Tyler Johnson's one, like Lisa Simpson tattoo away from, from going full riffraff. He, he, Tyler Johnson more looks like someone on the dance crew of the Nets than an actual Nets basketball player. Like yeah, I could see him that's t- coming out with a t-shirt cannon <laughs> and firing into empty stands. <laughs> It's a real, you know, That's we don't funny. we don't talk about this enough, Brian. The pandemic has been really tough on certain industries. Oh yeah, I was the t-shirt there article, business. There was a big is, article about uh, like all the you know guys working at the stadiums and stuff getting having getting well, furloughed I'm indefinitely. Thinking, I'm thinking more in the manufacturing of, of t-shirt cannons. Well, you know, you know what I how I feel about t-shirt cannons: lethal and <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Do I did I know that going in? Well, I broke my finger because I got shot in the hand and it broke my finger. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, and and I have one final. Do you have anything else from the game? Because I have one final bad pun, good reaction that will sort of wrap up the show. Yeah, wrap fully. that up. Cro- Kyrie via river wow. media. Nice. No, no, no. Okay, so th- this is the segment of the show where we're going to discuss. Kyrie did have a me- media availability today, his first one of the season, but mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. In MySpace, were set aflame when Kyrie Instagrammed, uh, th- I think it was this weekend on Friday, about how uh, he doesn't talk to pawns. Mm. That he put out a statement, you know, why he didn't participate in, in media day. And then, like, the next day on IG, he, he said, like, I don't talk to pawns. He had a whole thing. Do you think he's been um, watching Queen's Gambit? I mean, like, honestly, the, the invocation of pawn at a time where chess could not be hotter. Could not be hotter. Seems um, like he's been have watching. you watched Queen's Gambit? I, I did. I, I like dunked it in like a day or two. Beautiful. Get really good. Just really delicious. Yeah. Um, 
So here, here's why it's called Kyrie me, uh, Kyrie me a river media. Mm-hmm. All right. The, so I am a member of the media. I think it's, well, self, I, I self-appointed member of the media. <laughs> I, I think it's hurtful to Kyrie himself by not talking with the media. And obviously he did talk to the media today. So it's a little bit different, but uh, my my main thing is that I think we're all kind of going people were going hysterical about Kyrie not talking to the media at the beginning one because it was kind of reported that he was in a media blackout fully for the mm. full season well he didn't you know make that. it clear that's a little on him it seems yeah. that way when I read it and this is where I kind of turn it back on Kyrie so uh, when you uh so when you choose Instagram as your outlet to the world, one, you can't explain yourself fully on Instagram, and mm-hmm. you're also not allowing yourself to like. Let's say you say something in a in a press scrum with all the Nets reporters, and you say something that you feel like you didn't cleanly state, and maybe the purpose of your words got muddled up. You can in that press briefing say, "Hey guys, by the way, the thing I said like five minutes ago, I actually I mean this. I, my words kind of came out incorrectly." Mm-hmm. When you just on Instagram put up a, a, a black card with some writing and some uh, a Star David emoji, not sure what was happening there, mm. um, you you kind of lead to us guessing what you mean as opposed to us actually taking your message. So I, Kyrie is doing himself a disservice by not engaging with the media because part of the job, media's job is actually to, to correctly interpret mm. what you mean. Wow. Dangerous. Let me jump Even in more here. than your words. Let me jump in here. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me jump in here and advocate for myself because I see a job opportunity here. <laughs> proofreader. All all Kyrie needs is a proofreader. And it doesn't have to be, you know, let me and I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I know a former life. I worked in publishing. Okay, I got the credentials. Edited a few books in my day. No big deal, you know, but I've uh, I'm 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 a helpful communicator on behalf of other people. Kyrie um, netspot at gmail.com you know where to find, <laughs> where to find us I do think that it is you just need to clean up a little bit of these sentence structures here and there just massage that message just a little bit take down the take down the emotional tenor pawns. the pawns was that was a little much we didn't need to go there did we that felt I felt it was like also like um, you know using like the triple parentheses like the the media the pawns like there's some like massive scale uh, conspiracy to like undermine what people are saying, um, you know that kind of stuff, which which I think is dangerous territory. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of things I would clean up, Mike. But again, I still <laughs> insist that I'm in favor of the Instagram black box. It just needs to be doing more work on your behalf. That's put a Gmail. Hit me up. And and Kyrie was asked so when it, during his media briefing, Kyrie was asked about the pawns comment. And I just want to pull it up so I get it correctly. He, um, it, it was basically like, I, I think when he used the word pawns, he, he then cleaned it up today to, to mean like, oh, it wasn't just about the media. It, the, it was more, it, this is what he said. Um, Irving said, this is from Alex Schiffer at the athletic Irving said, his focus is on what's going on with the nets in the locker room. Didn't want distractions said the pawns comment was directed more broadly than media. Well, that's your it's See, kind again, of your fault in, the, in the, Kyrie for doing that because the conversation no, the, was that you wouldn't do media. And then the first thing that you post about after not doing media is saying you're not talking to pawns. The, the problem so, with that clarification, too, is that it still does include the media. You're like, yeah, it's it more broadly than just are. you. It's you and others. <laughs> Yeah. And so, okay, like, so what does this matter for the Nets? It it obviously doesn't really matter because it's an unusual season. So we kind of ran through this last time. But in typical seasons when the media, the press, who are conduits to the fans, players to fans, fans to players, is that in locker rooms, the media is there. If the star players are there, they try to talk to the role players. So if the star players aren't answering the questions, then people like uh, Reggie Perry are having to answer mm. for the whole of the team. Ultimately, Kyrie matters more than what Reggie Perry has to say in a certain situation, right? Like, so Kyrie, by not talking, is putting more pressure on Kevin Durant, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. They may not feel that now because it's early in the season, but they will 
if Kyrie continues to sort of not do media availability and then do it. I just think it doesn't serve him well. Like the best thing to do would just to have a powwow, have an off the record zoom with all the Nets media reporters and just be like, Hey guys, I'm going to be open and honest with you this, this year. I'll be, I'll be talking to you guys on a regular basis. You know, I'm going to keep it a little bit limited. I'd like, you know, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll try to be respectful of your time. You try to be respectful. Like be reasonable. A little bit of honey goes a long way. A little bit of honey. And instead he's going black box on Instagram emojis that I'm still trying to figure out. He put a, he put a Jewish star in a shout emoji at the bottom of that thing. Was that for Hanukkah <laughs> or is that for something else? It I mean, could go one of two ways. That's that's it see, could that's go really he's like pro Judaism or he's really I, I against love, it and scares me. I love the idea yeah. that this gets kicked down to Reggie, Reggie Perry, the uh, you know the skilled interlocutor who's going to be like shoulder. He's like, hey, can you talk about whether the Star of David was about uh, crypto <laughs> Jews in the media or? <laughs> Or is it about it's, you know Hanukkah? The antenna's up a little bit yeah. about like what what did that mean? But anyways, I you know, and Kyrie also, by the way, he Kyrie and you probably didn't see this, he did apologize for his Steve Nash comment when when Kyrie went on his friend's podcast, not a media interview, but his friend Kevin Durant's podcast, and said that they may not have a head coach this year, meaning like they may not need to like listen to Steve Nash. Kyrie literally made a comment today where he was like, uh, you know, I need to apologize for Steve about what I said a few months back, like jokingly in a nice way. And, and so Kyrie is doing when he talks, actually talks to the media, he does well. It's when he doesn't talk to the media is when he doesn't do well. Mm. And I would just, I'd just say, Hey, but you know, just open up a little bit. Mike, open why little bit. are you not advocating for me to have this job? I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. And why, why are you trying to, why are you out to get me? Okay. <laughs> you, you, what emojis you do you want to put at me? You pawn. I'm pawn. not talking to you anymore. <laughs> that's just a little, that's a little crap. It's a, it's a bit say. much. It's a bit much. Um, can I say one other thing? Yeah, um, That I noticed during the game. I don't, did you notice how Steve Nash would react when Kyrie would make a basket or make a good play? I didn't. I didn't notice. Very emphatic. I just want no. you to just watch out. It seemed like every time Kyrie made a good play, I could see Nash. You know, you can see Nash at the top of the screen as the, the camera shifts over to the wizard side of the court. He was like really pointing at Kyrie every time, clapping it up, getting up really like Nash is mm-hmm. trying. I feel like he, I, I know he knows that if if he can solve the Kyrie puzzle, then this team can win a championship. I think that's what he's assessed. I liked I liked the vibe of the whole. I mean, like he they cut to him a couple of times and his like unblinkingly staring at the like a hole through somebody's head on the in the court and it's like very nice icy stare from day one. <clears throat> I also love D'Antoni's like grandpa vibe with the like you know just leg leg crossed up high. I'm not getting up for any reason. I, this is my <laughs> this is my chair. Nobody get nobody touch my chair. Um, I, I expect by by February he'll have a blanket over his legs while he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a cup of cider going who knows uh but yeah that's a nice it's a nice tandem there it's a good vibe um also jacques vaughn's uh new long gray beard very gandalf um i've enjoyed <laughs> that so lots lots of good visual cues on the sidelines there i know you're not much on twitter but did you see so Kyrie had like an instagram live thing i with- did i did see well or, or yeah i so, but we gonna see though is that was so good what when when kevin durant's like no but we're gonna see though after he goes on this <laughs> long tirade about the post-ups okay well here, here's about so if you haven't seen it it's floating around it on twitter you can definitely see it so Kyrie had a sort of like informal uh players only session on his Instagram where like Karis LeVert came in and they talked for a bit and him and Kevin Durant talked for a bit. And there was one particular clip that was like 80 seconds long where Kyrie was talking about how he wants to get like eight post-up touches a game because he, he talks on and on about, you know, like he's talking to Kevin Durant. He's like, I'm like you in my head, I'm you. And if I get to a spot, I'll hit a shot. And he's like talking about, you know, how great he could be as a post-up player. And Durant's kind of like laughing at him, like not telling if he's serious or not and saying basically 
you're not you're not doing that. Like that would be bad offense. So there's actually another clip that shows more of the conversation leading into that moment mm. that makes it seem more jokey. And I think it's enlightening because I think Kyrie's the kind of person who is a guy who commits to the bit. Okay. Right. So Kyrie, I think he was joking. I mean, you can see when you the other clip that's extended, the extended featurette, mm-hmm. you know, the Francis Ford Coppola presents Mario Puzo's uh, Godfather Part 3 Mea Culpa, um, the extended edition. Mm. Uh, Kyrie has, he's the type of person where he's, ma- when he's making a joke, one, he doesn't have the intonation in his voice that he's making a joke. So it makes it sound like he's serious. And two, I think he loves the process of, of even though it's a joke, it could be the flatter thing or whatever. He loves the process of just arguing a viewpoint, even mm. if he himself doesn't believe in it. It's practical, a practical joker. And I think that does him harm again. <laughs> practical joking is is low EQ. I'll say it all day, every day. I grew up with a, with a mom who was very anti-practical joking, didn't allow it on any <laughs> level. <laughs> and, I, and to this day, when I see a practical joker who's like takes your, I don't know, a thing and hides it from you, and that's the joke, it's like that's your... That's that's Louis Q. That's just Louis Q behavior. No, you know, and not to <laughs> not no, to throw I, not to throw Kyrie into that kind of lowbrow humor. That's that's really bottom barrel, but it's on the spectrum, I would say. Yeah, and, and George Clooney is known as being a, a big practical joker on a movie mm. set. Yeah. And I was always like, how is that really fun for anyone? No. Is that is that a good no, time? It's awful. Are we having a, we're, we're we're putting uh Nespresso cups in people's shoes? Yeah. <laughs> George Clooney yeah. was sponsored by Nespresso. Yeah. That was the best thing. No, I got it. It was good. But anyways, I think I think I tell people find the clip. It's on Twitter if you haven't seen it yet. Kyrie talking about post up touches with Kevin Durant. It sounds like Kyrie's being serious. I think he's joking, and I think it reveals that he maybe isn't. Uh, he doesn't have great intonation mm. when he's delivering jokes, or, he's got, or same, he has great intonation. I mean, he's got great. He's, he's great at disguising it. Yeah, he's great mm. at disguising it. That's his form of, of comedy. Yeah. It's very dry British, you know, that kind of stuff. All right. Get up. Um, so we have uh, – there, there's more preseason games to be had, and then the season starts. I mean, it's, uh, let's look at the Brooklyn Nets schedule. We, we can yeah, finally we do it. we got Friday, and then we're on Tuesday. National TV, Miguel. Holy smokes. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So um, it's exciting. We'll be here. I, we'll eventually do a season-ish, preview-ish more. But, oh, you know, so much more games are starting. So we're going to talk a lot more. Yeah. Mike. But, yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Hey, you're welcome. Man. Wait. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.